What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. I'm David Brody. We begin with a disappointment for social conservatives. The Supreme Court decided not to take up a case involving the controversial issue of transgender bathrooms. A school board in Virginia would not allow a transgender girl to use the boys' bathroom. Lower courts had ruled that that was sex discrimination. Well, it was appealed to the Supreme Court, but the high court would not take the case. More later. Also today, what's up with the athlete who turned her back on the national anthem at the Olympic trials over the weekend? How about, how about we replace her bronze medal with the biggest loser medal? We will explore. And has anyone seen Bill Barr? Seriously, I mean, the former attorney general during the Trump administration is now singing a far different tune today on election fraud compared to what he said in 2020. So what happened? Have the coastal elites gotten to him? Has he gone soft? A closer look at the hypocrisy. And also today. Ah, yes, the Trump won chance this weekend in Ohio. You know, I'd love to bring your reaction to this uh, from CNN's Jim Acosta. He's probably, though, passed out on a carpet somewhere in CNN's Cushy Studios. Maybe we can bring him some smelling salts to revive him, or maybe not. All right, let's begin there. Joining me now to discuss all things Trump is the spokeswoman for Donald Trump and his Save America PAC, Liz Harrington. Liz, great to see you as always. Good to see you, David. Uh, well, quite a sight in Wellington, Ohio over the weekend. I'm curious what tangible effect you believe these rallies will have on the country and American politics. Well, the energy there was just incredible. It was a minimum of 25,000 people, and they get it. it. Just like those chants, they announced Trump won. And that's what they wanted to hear about. They wanted to hear about what's happening to our country in the six months since um, Joe Biden illegitimately took over. And President Trump laid it all out there. And the energy, I can tell you from being on the ground, was palpable. This is a powerful movement that isn't going anywhere. And in fact, it's just getting stronger by the day because we have the truth on our side. We love our country, and we're not giving up on it. And President Trump made that very clear. Well, I want to play a little bit of sound from the rally. I don't have to. I think you I'm sure you've heard this, obviously. But for our viewers that may not have, here is Donald Trump on 2024. You're going to win the election so big in 24. Don't look back. And you know what I say? You have to look back. You have to look back. We won the election in 2020. Who the hell knows what's going to be in 2024? We won't even have a country left. We're not going to have a country left. You know, Liz, I'm curious as to uh, that type of message, uh, if that can resonate and kind of win in a 2024 environment, in a presidential environment, because you can you got the ruby red MAGA and you got the, the MAGA that's uh, a little bit of a lighter color red. You got all of them. But, you know, that might be 35 to 40 percent of the country. How, how, how do you feel like that message will play with the rest of folks who aren't quite sure about all that? 
Well, it's the truth, plain and simple. The president is exactly right. Our country's in dire peril right now. We've been completely overtaken on our southern border by design, uh, purposefully giving up our sovereignty. Look at our giving up our energy independence. I mean, there's a real reckoning coming in this economy by design. What part of the country is going to be left? We need to be out there and speaking the truth. We have to get to the bottom of November 3rd. Otherwise, our votes aren't going to matter in 2022 or 2024 because they sure didn't matter in 2020. Because people like Bill Barr, who was too weak to pursue the truth and instead just went along with the swamp, they let this happen. People like Bill Barr and Mitch McConnell, they swept it all under the rug, uh, just like every other wrongdoing committed by the Democrats over the past four years in the Trump administration. We're going to get to the truth because we have to. This is about saving America. There's a reason why our tour is called Save America. It's because we mean it. We're going to be out there. We're going to continue to support all the true patriots who are still pursuing the truth about the election, whether it's in Arizona or Georgia, or maybe coming to Wisconsin and Pennsylvania as well. Well, I was going to get to that in a moment, but you mentioned Bill Barr. There is that big Atlantic story, obviously, inside William Barr's uh, breakup with Trump. And, and this is fascinating, and here's why. Because inside that article, it actually says that, uh, that Bill Barr actually never conducted a formal investigation at all into election fraud. And it's buried deep in the article. It's amazing. And he didn't because he didn't want to do it. He's a useful tool for the swamp. And it's really sad because he had an opportunity to do the courageous thing, to do the right thing and to pursue the truth. And instead, he saw illegal actions on videotape, ballot stuffing, and he didn't do anything about it. And instead, just like the Mueller investigation, just like the Durham investigation, he swept it under the rug. The real wrongdoing with the Mueller report was the cover-up of Hillary Clinton and the FBI working in tandem to smear President Trump and spy on his campaign and try to make his 2016 historic victory illegitimate. Now that we raise legitimate questions when fraud is on camera, when clear violations of the Constitution were committed in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, and elsewhere, now our, you know, your law license is taken away like Rudy Giuliani. Your, the FBI comes and raid your home. If you attended a peaceful protest, uh, they're trying to ruin your lives by going to see the president speak on January 6th. This is not America. And that's why President Trump says we cannot wait till 2024. We have to act now to save the country. So you believe that the critics are scared of the truth. You, you believe that if, 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 so, if all of this continues to go forward, which it is, that something seismic is there. Oh, absolutely. We know what happened. We saw it before our very eyes. President Trump was winning this election in a landslide. And what did they do? They shut it down. They delayed it. It's all in the notes that are still coming out. Right. Read John Solomon's reporting. And they knew what they were doing. They delayed the count so they could figure out how many votes they needed. And we've seen it. We, there's going to be so much coming out. I true, truly believe the truth still exists. If we actually get legitimate audits like they're doing in Arizona, the truth will win out. And the American people know it. And I have to disagree with you, David. It's a heck of a lot more than 30 or 40 percent. You don't get the most votes for an incumbent president in history by getting not just your base, but independents, 
former Democrats. This is a widespread, big tent, working class, common sense movement that's not going anywhere. No, fair, fair enough. And I, when I was saying 35 to 40 percent, I was talking about the kind of the, the ruby red, the, the, the faithful within the, the larger movement, but for sure. Um, uh, Donald Trump, uh, I want to put up this statement. Uh, you've obviously seen it because it came from the Save America PAC. He said this. He came in with, this is talking about Barr, he came in with a semi-bang and went out with a whimper earlier in his term. Bill Barr went ballistic on CNN with Wolf Blitzer warning Democrats were changing election rules to flood the system with mail-in ballots that, as a matter of logic, are very open to fraud. They are, and Bill Barr did nothing about it. If there was no fraud, why are Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and other states spending so much time and effort on exposing the fraud? I got to tell you, Liz, I watched that Wolf Blitzer exchange with Bill Barr, and it was like Barr was on the Trump train, and it wasn't just the Trump train. It was on the, like, there was definitely election fraud here, and all of a sudden there was, now that now there's no election fraud? I mean, I, I, I couldn't, uh, seriously, I'm really trying journalistically to understand that. I guess to borrow Bill Barr's word, that was all BS from Bill Barr. He right. didn't actually believe it. And it's sad because exactly that's what happened. They flooded the zone. They changed the rules outside of the Constitution to use mail-in ballots. As President Trump said, they used COVID to cheat. It's as simple as that. Everyone knows it. Bill Barr let it happen. And for all that faux outrage, apparently on CNN, when it came down to it, he didn't have the courage because he's weak and he's just another swamp creature. Again, it's very sad because he had a real chance to stand for truth, to save the country and not let it be illegitimately taken away and our vo votes and voices not count no more. He didn't do anything because he's weak and wanted to be liked by the bureaucratic and elite uh, ruling class. Liz, he, would, he wouldn't be the first. He wouldn't be the first. You, you think this is a coastal Badly. elite. He got, he got trapped up in the D.C. echo chamber. Or he had other people leaning on him. Who knows? He can, he can answer for that. But the bottom line is the timing of all of this. He's clearly being used by people who do not like this country. Every single time, you know, President Trump just came out and he hammered the election fraud. He spoke the truth on Saturday night. And all the tens of thousands of people there it's exactly what they wanted to hear. And here comes Bill Barr uh, in some you know, fake news book that's coming out later this fall to drop this nonsense. It's so strategic, but you know, we're on to their game and we don't care. It's fake news. We're going to push back. We're going to fight back. And we're going to tell the truth about Bill Barr, who did nothing when it mattered. Liz Harrington, spokesman for Donald Trump and the Save America PAC. Great to have you on the show, as always, Liz. You bet. All right. Uh, and that hard-hitting book coming from Jonathan Carl from ABC News. Okay, so Jonathan Carl. No, so, so he doesn't have a point of view. So we don't, you know, it's, it's so funny. The, the left always loves to talk about conservative media. Oh, they got a point of view. You know, they're, they're biased. They're, hey, Jonathan Carl writing a book and we're supposed to believe this is neutral? Uh, all the, the New York Times or the Washington Post, all these uh, journalists now writing books and we're supposed to say, oh, that's the, the, the news of record, the, the actual recorded uh, uh, annal of history. Give me a, can I say it? Freaking break back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
everybody. Uh, time to talk about the Arizona audit. If this was NBC, ABC, or CBS, they would say the sham audit. It's the sham audit. The sham, sham, sham. Give me a break. It's called the Arizona audit. It's actually becoming, in a way, the national audit, uh, which we're going to talk more about in just a moment. Here's that latest headline. Uh, Maricopa County. The 2020 election auditors have completed their paper examination. So what does the future hold? Let's go to Kelly Ward. Dr. Kelly Ward, the Arizona GOP chairwoman. Kelly, always great to have you back on the show. Hey, David, it's great to be here. Yes, you're right. This is America's audit. Um, it is nothing that the mainstream media or the left want the American people to think. This is a full forensic audit of an election, the first of its kind, and I can't wait for the, the results to come out. Well, what, when do we expect those results, Kelly? What happens now at this point? Well, there were a lot of rumors over the weekend that because we've finished the full hand count and finished the evaluation of the paper ballots themselves, that somehow there was going to be a preliminary report today. Um, and I hadn't heard that. And I saw that Senator Fan, Senate President Fan, tweeted out that she didn't know where so-called journalists in the Phoenix area were getting their information because there is still more auditing being done. They are auditing the machines and the software to the point that they can, because remember, Dominion has refused to give access to what really we should be able to have to be able to get to the real bottom of this story. So, Kelly, what, what should we make of all of this? I mean, I, I don't want to put you in the prediction business, but and no one knows exactly what's go, what it's going to show. But but what is your sense after this, since this audit has kind of pretty much been completed, what's your sense of what we may see or what we may not see? Right. Well, I mean, I, you're right. I can't make any predictions. I don't have any insider information. There's part of me that wishes that I did, but the vast majority of me uh, thinks that I am so glad that they are keeping this professional. They're, they're keeping leaks down and they aren't putting out information before we have the whole picture. I know this. On November 3rd, as I was watching the returns, I was stunned as our state, the great state of Arizona, was called for Joe Biden. Um, I don't believe it. Many people don't believe it. If anybody tuned into that rally in Ohio, um, you're going to know that Joe Biden could never rally that many Americans, and neither could Barack Obama, neither could George Bush, neither could Bill Clinton, neither could George H.W. Bush. None of the people in the past who are past presidents or the current administration could inspire the American people in the way that Donald J. Trump does. Kelly, is there a certain number in the Maricopa County ballots, what is it, 2.1 or so that are being looked at? Is there a certain number that if this is, in other words, a questionable number, like if there was an X amount of ballots that were questioned, that would be, that would be an important number? Should we be looking at any numbers here at all? Well, remember, the election here was 10,457 votes that separated the two uh, top-of-the-ticket candidates. That's a 0.3% margin of error. Um, and so, really, that's within the margin of error, the statistical margin of error. So, looking at these things, at the complete hand count, at the early ballots, at the duplicated ballots, and at the digitally adjudicated ballots, there could be 
some funny business that we see, whether it was just mistakes, irregularity, or outright fraud. I can't wait to find out. You bet. Kelly, do we know where these ballots have gone now? I mean, what happens to these paper ballots? Do we know what, where they've gone? And will the county get them back? I mean, do we know anything about that? Yes, the, the county will be getting those back. I believe they will be given to the treasurer, John Allen, who is the rightful custodian of those ballots after an election process occurs. Okay, do we know where they are now? I mean, are they being counted? I mean, where does, where, do we know where they're being counted or how does that work? I, I'm just well, curious. they were counted at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Right. And, and as you know, the chain of custody, once the auditors were, were in charge, is immaculate. And so no matter, I'm not sure if they're back at the county yet or if they're going back to the county in the next day or so. Okay. I want but to they'll you, go back. Oh, gotcha. All right. I want to show you just the news headline. Uh, this, as you mentioned, America's audit, Wisconsin GOP lawmakers uh, visit Arizona audit. They're calling for similar review in their state. W what's your sense of what we're going to see in other states, Kelly? Well, I think they're all going to get down to business and the business is going to be editing or uh, auditing elections so that we can find out that our elections have integrity or they didn't and that voter confidence can be restored so come future elections we will never have what happened in 2020 happen again i want to ask you there's some media reports as a matter of fact the, the media loves instead of covering the arizona audit everything you're telling me specifically they like to get into the what is the cyber ninjas group the ceo doug logan i know you've seen the headlines i got to ask you about them uh, Doug Logan apparently in this movie uh, about election fraud, and they're saying, well, wait a minute, if he's, if, if he's believing in all this election fraud, then maybe he shouldn't be the one part of the CEO running the, running the, uh, the audit. What, what's your reaction to that, Kelly? Well, I think that's a bunch of baloney. They would rather have people who think there is no fraud whatsoever um, looking at these elections and then looking at it in ways that aren't meaningful. Doug Logan, I've met him in person. Um, he is a stand-up guy who is a patriot and loves this country. He's not a cheater. He's not a liar. He's not a thief. Those are on the Democrat side, believe me. Um, they are handling this audit in an extremely professional manner. And so that's just another distraction, another deterrent, another uh, attempt to be detrimental about this audit because they are terrified about what this audit is going to show. And as we wrap up here, speaking about terrified, uh, what's the deal with the DOJ? Uh, they're looking at stuff out there in Arizona, aren't they? They're, they're, they're concerned about the audit, are they not? Well, I mean, they've been, they've been uh, revved up by the left, by our radical leftist extremist who hates Trump supporters, called Trump supporters neo-Nazis, Secretary of State, who's running for governor, Katie Hobbs. They've also been... Um, relying on mainstream media news reports um, and complaints from Democrat activists. None of the things that the, the DOJ is concerned about are happening in Arizona. And in fact, the DOJ and the federal government have no right at all, no authority, no place to come into the great state of Arizona. I'm glad our Attorney General Mark Burnovich wrote a letter to the DOJ telling them, stay out. This is our issue. This is a state's issue. And, uh, and I hope that we all stay very strong and prevent that interference in this process. Dr. Kelly Ward, Arizona GOP chairwoman, where it's 123 in the shade. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. All right. Uh, and I tell you what, uh, <laughs> there's so much to unpack with the Arizona audit, but I'll just say, say this to, to the critics. What are you afraid of? Why not let them do it? And if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. It helps you, right?
Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Big controversial issue in America, if you can believe it's come to this. Uh, transgender uh, students uh, using the bathroom. Uh, and the Supreme Court uh, decided today they are not going to hear uh, a transgender school bathroom case. We're going to get into the specifics of that and a whole lot more uh, with Matt Staver, chairman of uh, the Liberty Council. Uh, Matt, great to have you back on the show, sir. Good to be with you. The Supreme Court case, I mean, you, you think they're eventually Supreme Court, I'm assuming, is going to take a case like this. I, apparently, though, they decided to pass on this one. What, what's your, what are your thoughts uh, and regarding the specifics of this one? Well, on the one hand, I'm obviously disappointed. Uh, this case has been going on for some time. We filed amicus briefs at the lower courts uh, in favor of the school. I think the school did the right thing. Obviously, you don't want to invade the privacy and, frankly, even the security and protection of boys or girls by allowing somebody of the opposite sex just to, by virtue of saying so, have access to the restrooms, the showers, the locker rooms, and so forth. But on the other hand, I think what the Supreme Court is waiting for, and there are some of those cases that are in the pipeline, is one of these outrageous kinds of cases with regards to Title IX with respect to sports, where males enter into women's sports and dominate, ultimately take away the rights and opportunities of women, particularly under Title IX and federal law that goes all the way back to 1972. Because in those particular cases, it literally will turn on its head the reason for Title IX, which was to provide extra opportunities, equal opportunities to women uh, in schools, particularly in the colleges, but not exclusively in the college level, so that they can compete. And they've been doing exceptionally well. That's why you have all these different sports. And from those sports, you not only get scholarships, but they get opportunity to play. And some of them go on to professional uh, competition as well as the Olympics. I think that's one of those cases that they'll, they'll probably end up taking. Uh, this particular one, you know, they, they dodged the bullet. So the question is, we don't know why. And we'd love to know why. We'd love to know what their thinking is, but we don't know because you can't tell. And the good yeah. news, at least on a national basis, is it doesn't set national precedent, but unfortunately, it does set precedent within that circuit, including Virginia. For sure. Matt, I want to move over to this uh, fighter pilot case. So you guys have been, well, you're so active in so many different areas, but uh, boy, I tell you what, this fighter pilot suspended over uh, a mask mandate. He said, look, uh, it's, it's against, in essence, what is he saying? He's against my religious beliefs to, to, to wear a mask. He kind of, and it's more than that, though. Tell me more. It, it really is. Well, it's really based upon him being a Christian, the Ninth Amendment, uh, ninth, uh, you know, Tenth uh, of the Ten Commandments, the Ninth Commandment, uh, that says you shouldn't bear false witness. And to bear false witness means you can't present something that's not accurate. And he doesn't believe that the mask work. And he has a religious accommodation. The two chaplains supported him. All of his other superiors supported him, except the wing commander ultimately denied it. 
and now it's before the acting secretary of the U.S. Air Force. This is a pilot who was in the military for eight years. He is a fighter pilot. He's been commissioned in the Middle East, in Turkey, Iraq, and Syria, put his little family you know, on the line to protect our country. They spent over $2 million in training him, and now they're suspending him over this issue of a mask, which their policies actually expressly say that you can have a religious accommodation with regards to these mask issues, but they have denied that accommodation for some inexplicable reason. And I'm looking at some of the, the, the headlines here. I mean, ba basically, I mean, most people aren't wearing masks anyhow. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's so much duplicity in, involved in, and honestly, the, the kind of the overall issue of masks and, and COVID and, 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 and freedom. Yeah, he says, in fact, in, in the various roles, there's like at least 15 exceptions to wearing a mask. And uh, with particular squadron in question, there's even additional exceptions, including a religious exception. And so you would think that having two chaplains, his own statement about his foundation of his religious belief and accommodation request, that it would be a no-brainer. But they denied it, even though everyone approved it up until the wing commander denied it. And then now it's at the acting Secretary Roth's desk for the final level of appeal. Hopefully we don't have to litigate, but we will if we have to. I mean, this is a fighter pilot. They've trained him for eight years, spent millions of dollars. And now what they require him to do is go in every day, check in, and then go home. So we have one fighter pilot that's no longer in the fighter jets because of an issue of a mask for which he should have a religious accommodation. You, you know, you deal also a lot with COVID and the vaccines and, and, and these vaccine mandates that we're seeing pop up around the country. Uh, you, I wonder what you tell people that uh, want to, they don't want to take the vaccine and they want a religious exemption. I'm assuming they file that at the state level. Is that, is that how that works? Do you know how that works exactly? I mean, what, that they would in essence have to claim religious exemption. And, and I guess there's different uh, reasons why everything from fetal aborted cells uh, down they're down the line, if you will, from decades ago, they they could do that. Well, to begin with, this is not typically a vaccine like one that would be licensed. And so you don't even have to get to that to get an exemption because it's under emergency use authorization. And the federal law says that it has to be only free and informed consent. There can be no coercion. Even the EEOC says an employer may be able to give incentives but not coerce employees. So you don't even have to get to this issue of the exemption for religious accommodation, but certainly you can make that request. But since this is under the emergency use authorization, it's still in the experimental and investigational stage. The federal law says it cannot be coerced. EEOC also confirms that while employers can give incentives, you can't have them be coercive to the employee. And yet we're seeing an explosion of these, whether it's in the workplace or at the college level, there's a lot of egregious situations where students are being told you can't return to school unless you get these right. COVID shots. Right, and that's what I was gonna ask you at the college level. So are, are you saying that if a college student, uh, in essence, because it's emergency authorization, would not have to uh, get the vaccine? That's right. That's what we're saying. And so we're, we have, if you go to our website, lc.org, and there's a tab called Legal Help, you can communicate with us. We're working on these across the country. This issue is exploding at every level, both in the private sector as well as in the public sector, particularly whether it's in government or particularly at the college and university level. Really interesting. Matt Staver, chairman of the Liberty Council, really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I just want to pick your brain all day. Thank you so much. Thanks with you, Dave. All right. That would be a long segment if I picked his brain all day. Well, it'd be a segment that lasted, wait for it, 
all day. Uh, but beyond that, uh, bottom line is uh, he's, he's just, uh, you know what my dad would call him? If I can say it, I'm going I'm to date myself. My dad would call him a smart cookie. That's what he would call him. All right, when we come back, uh, Nan Hayworth. Speaking of smart cookies, uh, Nan Hayworth. Did I just call Nan Hayworth a cookie, Madison? Uh, sorry, my bad. Former U.S. Congresswoman will be here to talk about, oh my goodness, this Olympic trial athlete that turned her back on the national anthem. What in the world? How about a biggest loser medal? Back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Do you like Bruce Springsteen? I'm going to be honest with you. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. I'm from Jersey. Sorry. I was born in Jersey, grew up in New York, but I was born in Jersey, so I'm supposed to like Bruce Springsteen, apparently. He's okay. I mean, it doesn't do too much for me. Whatever. I'm sorry. Uh, Now I'm going to get the emails. Madison, I'm going to get the emails. Uh, but here's, here's a headline for you. Bruce Springsteen, uh, look at this. Anti-vax protests spring up at a Springsteen on Broadway reopening. That's right. Bruce Springsteen performing on Broadway. Broadway now reopening. Bruce Springsteen, the first performer to basically perform on Broadway uh, after COVID. And the protesters out in force. Let's get more on that by uh, having Nan Hayworth join us. Uh, Dr. Nan Hayworth, former U.S. Congresswoman. Nan, always great to see you. Great to be with you, David. Thank you. Well, these uh, anti-vaccination protests uh, targeting, in essence, Bruce Springsteen, but a much larger issue as, as well. What, what's your sense of where we are in America? I mean, look, uh, you, you got your papers, come on into the theater. You, you don't, uh, then you've got to stay out on a street corner. Yeah, David, and I'm a physician, as you know. I'm a board-certified ophthalmologist, and I practiced for uh, many years in a community setting. So I just really hate to see um, this situation developing, this uh, contentious division developing, when there are folks who are knowledgeable in medical science uh, who could help calm the waters, and they're not doing that. So it's, it's reasonable, even as a fundamental principle, Uh, not to expect uh, or to expect that you won't be asked to prove immunity uh, to a a, a certain condition in order to go to an event that's open to the public. Now, it's, you know, it's privately run, so, you know, they can set their criteria. Uh, But it's just regrettable that this is where we are right now, and, and especially in view of the fact that uh, millions and millions of Americans have natural immunity to COVID-19. Right. Uh, I am among the many who contend that if you have natural immunity, which can be proven through a couple of different tests nowadays, uh, T-cell tests or B-cell uh, tests of antibody production, uh, if you have natural immunity, you don't need a vaccine, uh, full stop. 
you don't need to be vaccinated. And the fact that it, it's being insisted upon that people are vaccinated, even if they may have natural immunity, is medically and scientifically dubious at best. So, so a, a big part of the division and the trouble that we have now is that science is being ignored. And that I lay at the feet of uh, the public officials who are responsible uh, for these efforts and for protecting the public. Why are they not insisting that immunity is what counts, not vaccination status, but mm -hmm. whether or not you're immune. If you're going to uh, have requirements about, uh, you know, if you're gonna have worries about transmissibility, yeah. uh, you can argue those too, uh, at, at least let the naturally immune participate freely in events without having to get the shot. No, it's a, it's a great point. I, there's so many follow-ups I want to do there, but I have limited time and I've got to get to this other story, uh, which is going to probably tie up the rest of our, our time here. Uh, here's a, a Just the News headline. Uh, a U.S. athlete uh, turns her back to the flag as the national anthem was played at the Olympic trials over the weekend. Hey, I, I mean, newsflash, uh, let's just be very clear. The national anthem is played at the Olympic trials. Hello. As she was saying, it was a surprise to her. What kind of surprise? I mean, what is, I mean, it's not like she was in like Cuba or anything. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it, Nan. Uh, well, number one, David, why should that matter? When you hear the national, when I hear the national anthem, uh, my heart soars. Yep. Uh, I, I get choked up looking at my passport. I'm an immigrant's daughter. So, you yeah. know, to me, the greatest blessing other than having had my marvelous parents, my magnificent parents, was to be born an American. But all that said, uh, David, you know, she, she can have whatever internal thoughts she wants about the anthem, the flag, and everything else. But the Olympics in particular, they are a special kind of competition. They are not, athletes don't merely represent themselves. And, you know, and kudos to them for the work and the effort and the gifts that they bring to this. You know, this is, this is important stuff in human, uh, in human life, in our societies. And, but, but the Olympics are about competing on behalf of your nation. If you cannot respect our flag, if you cannot respect our anthem, if you uh, effectively uh, disrespect the nation, uh, you know, your your home country, then you shouldn't be on the Olympic team, full stop. You just, yeah, and, that's, yeah, and, that should and, disqualify you. I agree with you. And, and here's the problem. She called herself, she, the reason she wouldn't do, she turned her back, you saw in those pictures, she could have turned her back to the, to the flag and, and, and just basically pretended like none of that was happening. Uh, she calls herself an activist athlete. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, Look, hold on for a second. I, I mean, there's so many things unpacked there, but I'm curious to get your take on an activist athlete. I mean, he, here's the thing. Uh, LeBron James, and you can go into basketball, and we saw what happened with the Black Lives Matter stuff, and then people were wearing whatever certain slogans on their jersey. Pe people want escapism when it comes to sports. Uh, they, you know, they don't want politics all wrapped up in their sport. I know a lot of people that are like, I'm done with the NBA after all of this. Well, David, agreed. Look, I, as I just mentioned, I practiced medicine in our community for uh, 16 years. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the first thought on my mind was not let me convey to my patients how I feel about politics, right? That's, that's not important. They came there to get their eyes taken care of. We look to athletes uh, to uh, compete 
in their sports. And it's a matter of, you know, physical and mental excellence. There's a lot that goes into that. But the more they insist on turning these things into political exercises, uh, the more they dilute uh, the purpose of of sport and and I would contend you know they corrupt the purpose of sport you know it's not about propagandizing for one side or the other uh, you know it is indeed as you say David about uh, proving your best your personal best and your team best uh, and indeed you know the better message would be I can unite with my teammates who have different thoughts yeah. about the way our nation should manage its politics right. I 100% agree with you, Nan Hayworth. Great to have you on the show, as always. Thanks for being here. Thank you, David. Always. Yeah, and you know what? She's, she's right. And look, if you're going to be an activist athlete, look, free speech, knock yourself out. Can you do me a favor? Can you not do it, like, during the game? Could you not do it during the event? Could you, could you maybe hold a press conference and uh, speak whatever you want to speak uh, and do whatever you want to do? I don't need it during the game. Back in the morning. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for Love It, The Last Sip. Boom! Sorry, that was a little high-pitched. Um, all right, so Donald Trump had a rally over the weekend, Wellington, Ohio. Uh, and you, you must have seen coverage, right, on uh, CBS and NBC and ABC. Oh, hmm, yeah, they're not covering it. Hey, you know what? Fox News isn't even covering it. Guess who is covering it? Hey! Real America's Voice. Here's some highlights. Remember, I'm not the one trying to undermine American democracy. I'm the one that's trying to save American democracy. Critical race theory into classrooms across the nation and also into our military, our generals and our admirals are now focused more on this nonsense than they are on our enemies. You see these generals lately on television? They, They are woke. They're woke. We're told Joe Biden, who couldn't fill 12 circles in a high school gym, got 81 million votes. Kamala Harris, your vice president, only went to the border yesterday for the one simple reason, because I announced that I was going next week, and I am, at the request of Texas Governor Abbott and the Border Patrol. I'm going to the border next week. Oh, if I didn't do that, I don't know if she was ever going to go. I really don't know if that... Was she ever going to go? I don't know. Well, thank you, Mr. President. They've already heard from me. They want to hear from you. Mostly what they want is for you to run in 2024 and go back to the White House. Thank you all very much.
four more years. And how about some of those other chants? Uh, Trump won, Trump won. And his ego was like, my ego likes this. My ego loves this. My ego loves this. Anyhow, so uh, there, there's a Trump rally uh, for you because you didn't see it on the networks, by the way. But let me guess, if Joe Biden visited a coffee shop, you'd see that. By the way, uh, speaking of crowds, how about that crowd out in Ohio? Joe Biden couldn't fill up a coffee shop. Uh, if, if his life depended on it. All right, uh, we're back in a moment with a more show because this is an hour show. So we've got, we're almost there at the end. Hang with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, what can I say? It's the end of the show. That means Joe Weber. That only means Joe Weber. It's like you're synonymous with the end of the show. I am. I mean, don't I'm a closer. Think, you're, the, you're the closer. You're like the Mariano Rivera Thank uh, you. Water cooler. You're very welcome. No, all right, anyhow, what do you got? <laughs> okay, well, House Democrats appear determined to go through with their plan to create a select committee here on the uh, January 6th investigations. As you know, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi last week said that she was going to go through with this. We're hearing now that there could be a vote as early as this week because House Democrats, or the whole entire House, excuse me, leaves for vacation for on Thursday or Friday. So they want to hurry up and get this done before the July 4th recess. Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, she tried to have a bipartisan legislation to have a quote-unquote um, independent 9-11 style committee. Mm -hmm. It passed in the House. Republicans used their first filibuster in the Senate to knock it down. So this is what she's going to do. At this point, Republicans are able to knock it down. They didn't want this to be a hammer, but now she will have, since it's her own House committee and it doesn't have to pass through the Senate, right. uh, she'll have her own uh, majority in here. So McCarthy, though, he can appoint people to, they, they won't be in the majority, obviously, right. but they can, he can appoint people. He can, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But then, the, but they'll still be, obviously be able to control it. There's um, reporting that she's also, this is um, Madam Speaker Pelosi's going to appoint Benny Thompson, who's in charge of the Homeland Security Committee, uh, to lead this thing. It's anytime you know you put the word "select committee" on yeah. the thing, people try to pay attention to it, or at least that's the thinking in Washington. Right? Now, do we have any sense of how long this is going to go for? Uh, you know what? I mean, you take a look at, for what it's worth, the Benghazi commission uh, commi yeah, hearings. So they just for? dragged it out as long as they, you know, drag it out as long as you <laughs> can. It's, it's, it's a hammer, as long as you can keep it going. You know, it's tried to get you know into the 2020 elections. We saw this one other point real quickly yeah. with regard to them, that's the House Democrats mm -hmm. in the impeachment uh, hearings. You know, there was a lot of rancor or grumbling among rank and file House Democrats that they shouldn't have done that, that they dragged that out right. um, because they lost so many seats or they didn't do as well, nearly as well as they thought they would in 2020. And they mm -hmm. thought maybe they should have had a more positive agenda doing something with health care, something rather than just constantly beat on Republicans. That's a good, good perspective. Joe, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And hey, by the way, make sure you tune into uh, the Save America Freedom Tour. It'll be tomorrow here on RAV, 7 p.m. The bus will be stopping in Ottawa, Illinois, once again. Tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on Real America's Voice. By the way, tomorrow on the show, you know who will be there? Over here, and we like Joe Weber, but in Joe Weber's seat right over here, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, will be in studio with us two segments long. That's a lot of time. We're excited. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day.